right, guys. Fernandes, Matt Fazzoli, and Scott Lockwood. Week two of the Herald Tribune podcast. Guys, we did it last week, sort of previewing the first week of the uh, high school football season. Now that we've had a few days to sort of look back on it, uh, what were your guys' impressions of last week? I was at the uh, the Bayshore-Sarasota game. Uh, John Bizoons looked pretty good, leading his Bayshore team over Spencer Hodges' Sailor team, which looks like it needs a little work. But uh, you two guys were elsewhere. What do you guys remember about the games you were at? I was at uh, Riverview Booker, and uh, it was one of those te- things where Riverview just kept forcing turnover after turnover after turnover. I think they had seven of them in the game, and it looked pretty good. I mean, it's against a Booker team that's probably not as strong as some of the area teams are, but it's, uh, they're, they're going to be in for quite the test this week. I've got uh, Riverview Venice Friday night, so obviously probably our area game of the week, so... It's going to be a good game, I think. You know, Venice has had some trouble, too, with turnovers. I had them in the kickoff classic. Math had them last week. and So if they don't get that cleaned up, uh, Venice could be in an 0-2 hole here before they know it. You saw a, a, a completion. I guess it shows you the kind of night that Booker had. They had a fourth and goal from the 38, and somehow they completed the pass for a touchdown? No, that's that was a, that's a play of the year candidate. I mean, mm-hmm. he floated, rolled off to the right, floated it right into the corner of the end zone, and the kid caught it. And it was over three defenders, and another Riverview teammate was over there too. So he caught that ball, and it was just an amazing catch. And that was the second, fourth, and goal long conversion they had in the night. So if you're getting those kind of breaks, it could be a good sign of things to come. You know, just before we get to this, just reading your game story, it seemed like I had seen this Booker game a million other times where they go out there, they put the ball on the ground six, seven, eight times, uh, they kill themselves that way, where if they had played a, a, a clean game, it might have been a little closer than that. Yeah, it certainly would have. I mean, they had the ball inside Riverview's territory a couple times early on and just couldn't cash it in. I mean, fumbles, interceptions, just if it go go wrong, it did. When I interviewed uh, Numick Atkins after the game, he goes seven turnovers. He didn't realize it was that many. So they've got they've got some cleaning up to do, and he knows it. And uh, hopefully they'll get that worked out. Dennis was there uh, viewing the state champion last state week. Champions in uh, Vero Beach. Vero Beach. What what happened? I just talked to Larry Shannon. I have a story tomorrow's paper. They got up and they just took their foot completely off the accelerator. It sounds like in the second half. Something happened at halftime that the uh, Vero Beach uh, made some adjustments and Venice could not adjust to the long ball and a um, couple of uh, Demarcus Harris's uh, touchdown passes from Nick Celentino and um, you know 20, 28 uh, straight points in the second half for the uh, visitors from Vero Beach. You're not used to seeing that from a Indian coached team, are you? No, um, but if they don't, um, you know, shore up their defensive secondary, I don't know if you know Riverview can get the ball over the top, but um, they got some work to do in the secondary. Venice, you know, just back on Booker t- tomorrow, they'll be breaking out uh, their new uniforms. In fact, they'll be getting uniforms today at four o'clock, uh, donated by the Sunset Auto Group. Uh, Dick Vitale did it back about six years ago. So just talking about that, is it unusual? Uh, don't most teams have to get your new uniform sort of out of a uh, a booster club fund? Is it unusual when somebody comes, comes forth and pays for the entire bill of, of uniforms? It seems like Venice has new uniforms every year. You know, <laughs> Almost every two week. Or three, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> two or three uh, versions of the uniforms. But um, I think the booster clubs take care of most of the uh, – the um, uniforms, um, it's a big expense, you know, along with the helmets now. Everything's getting more sophisticated. So, um, yeah, they have to raise money somehow, and the booster clubs do it. Yeah, Booker's, I think they, one of the kids told me that Booker was wearing some new ones last week for their home opener. Was uh, Well, they kind of gold with some yellow numbers. They look kind of neat, actually. And uh, 
So if the, if the rest of their uniforms are that looking, uh, it's good for them. Yeah, what a lot of people don't know is the Varsity will hand down the uniforms to the, to the JV once they've had uh, a little wear and tear on them. So look for those new uniforms for Booker tomorrow. What, what other games last week, guys? We just talked about the cu- couple of key games. Were there any other games that uh, maybe are worth mentioning one last time before we move forward here? Well, don't sleep on the South. Um, Jaden Grant from Charlotte had a good game both offensively and defensively. There was a feature on him in the paper today. Um, and Charlotte's big win over, um, you know, a pretty good Dunbar team that uh, has six Division One guys. And uh, poor Charlotte unveiled uh, Logan Rogers, a sophomore quarterback who threw for three touchdowns, including one of the longest ones in the state, according to um, Huddle, I believe. And, um, you know, and the poor Charlotte's big win over Northport. How about you, Scott? Say so the other one that um, the IMG. We you know everybody expects them to be great, and they were preseason number one. They get they lose in the kickoff classic rebound. They go up there to Pennsylvania and play that six A state champion, just blow them out forty two nothing. So looks like uh, they're back to form up there in Bradenton, and uh, same old same old up at IMG. Up to thirty eight wins in a row now. You know, I'll be at the Cardinal Mooney game tomorrow. But as, uh, uh, you know, looking at what Paul Meckley did first week leading Southeast, uh, leading uh, Cardinal Mooney, it looked like he hadn't missed a beat. Uh, you know, you follow Mooney, you followed Meckley, was a coach at Southeast. What could he bring to a program like Mooney coming off two or three years of Drew Lascari? Uh, experience, yeah. stability, I mean, just uh, the know-how to make things, you know, work right. Um, whether the kids execute or not, then it's up to them. But I think he's going to bring a, a sound foundation and um, go from there. Yeah, I, I, you know, and I saw him at a, at a practice and – you know, he had a couple of fake knees put in several months ago, and I, I've never seen a guy with fake knees move so fast as he did. It's clear that he's still enthusiastic about this game and uh, and definitely uh, wants to see the, the Mooney team improve. A couple of three years ago, I thought his coaching career was over. I thought he might have just sort of ended it being defensive coordinator. Lascari goes up to Rutgers, and, and he's right there, back there. Uh, on the sideline. I played against his teams when I was at Riverview in the 90s, and if, if he turns that Mooney program to anything similar to what those were, I mean, at that level, that's uh, that could be trouble for the rest of 3A around the state. So if he decides to stick this out long term, hey, look out. He surrounded himself with some good uh, you know, coaches also. Did uh, first week, I mean, was it this game, was it this way at the games you guys saw? Maybe it's because they hadn't practiced I saw a million false start penalties. I saw a, a million encroachment penalties, the equivalent. I mean, when you see penalties like this in the first week, is that just the practice, the repetition just isn't there? Or is it the players really not maybe focusing on, on the job at hand? Well, to me, I think you saw a lot of that in the kickoff classics, too, even more so. I think it's just getting it out of your system, kind of first game jitters, that kind of thing. And, you know, they'll smooth it out as, as the uh, seasons go on. That's how, we usually, that's how it usually goes anyway, in theory. The Venice-Vero uh, game was pretty clean. I mean, they, there weren't a lot of penalties. Uh, even in the out-of-door game on Monday that I saw at Canterbury, out-of-door looks pretty good. I mean, both their lines, you know, are solid. Um, they had a good passing attack. Um, the running game needs a little work, but in time, um, they can make some noise in the SSAC. Let's talk about the, the games we'll, we'll all be at uh, tomorrow. Dennis, you're going to be at Palmetto at Manatee, always a nice county rivalry. Uh, what do you anticipate? Or what do you hope to see in this game, maybe from both teams? Uh, just better play. I mean, from the first week, um, you know, Manatee went to Lakeland, you know, the formidable foe. And, um, you know, the, it was closer than the score indicated from, you know, the indications for Manatee. 
you know, Palmetto just picked up where they left off last year. You know, just a, a good, solid game. Um, I don't know. Palmetto beat the Manatee. It took two days last year, but they beat them for the first time since 2005, I believe. Uh, James Haynes was the coach at Palmetto um, the last time they had Yeah, beat let's get extra points for that mention. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yes. <laughs> I'll take him two references for 200, Alex. <laughs> hey, James Haynes is a ba- uh, booker. He's yeah, a, right. a assistant coach at Booker. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, Scott, you're going to be at the marquee matchup of the week, even though there's no playoff implications to the non-district game. You know, I went back and looked. Venice has beaten Riverview 10 straight games. The last time Venice won was Nick Coleman's last year, back in 06. I mean, is it a question of uh, Riverview has to play the proverbial perfect game, and does Venice need to maybe have some of the same stuff happen to them this week that happened to them last week, you think? I think uh, what if Venice can control the turnovers, mm-hmm. I think they might be in pretty good shape. I mean, Riverview, uh, they played with that Ollie Boyce last week. Puda Hayes, great game, 119 yards, one and two throwing touchdowns as a running back last week in that game, but you know, he's a great number two, but if Boyce comes back and you know, if, if he could give uh, Venice's defense some trouble, and like we were saying before in that secondary, if Riverview can hit a couple of big passes, Riverview can actually – I think they might be able to end that losing streak. And uh, I think I picked them to win by one, possibly. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. But, you know, it's it's going to be a good one. It usually is. Last year it was 17 nothing before the water thing. I think Riverview is starting to figure it out before the storms came. And a couple years ago it was 21 – it was, was a 21-17 or something close like that. So, you know, the uh, Peacock always told me it was a Sarasota County Championship. So it's going to be a big crowd out there at the Ramble, and it's going to be a fun one to watch. Yeah, and I always believe in rivalries. Really, it has to go back and forth to be considered a true rivalry. If one team beats another ten in a row, I think that rivalry factor gets gets taken out taken out there a little bit. Well, it's kind of like Riverview Sarasota. I mean, when I played, it was back and forth every year, and it's kind of been one sided lately. But uh, I agree. I mean, you got Venice Braden River. That's the other big rivalry. But Venice has won what five of the last mm-hmm. six in that one, or something like that. So, it um, it's a good one. I think it's great for Sarasota County and. I said, if you're going to that game, go early. They're telling everybody they're going to be parking over at um, the technical school over up Beneva Road. So if you're going, go early. Well, you also have a pretty big Friday. Uh, uh, what are you doing before that? Making, we'll, we'll, we'll veer off football here a little bit. We're making the uh, trek to Venice for uh, the Venice-Tallahassee-Lincoln uh, volleyball matchup at 3 o'clock. That's, um, they're saying it's the first ever after-school game they've had in Venice. And so they're doing that for an extra crowd. But the occasion is, if they win, it's going to be Brian Wheatley's 600 career victory. And it just seems like yesterday, literally, we were writing about his 500 career victory. I mean, this has just come along. He's been there since 1994, so all of these have come while he's been at Venice. And 600 wins, five state championships, Hall of Fame career. I mean, it's going to be kind of a neat thing if they if they can pull this off and get him his 600th win in a matinee and what should be another big crowd down there in Venice. I want to ask both of you guys about Willie, but I mean, how long – he still loves doing it. I mean, how long – Theoretically, could this guy go on? Could he accumulate 900 or 1,000 career wins and, and put so much distance between him and the second-place guy, whomever that might be, or women? He did tell me that he doesn't expect to be around long enough to get to 1,000. I mean, Grant, I don't even think he's 50 years old, is he, Dennis? No. So, I mean, he could sit there and do this for another 25 years if he really wanted to if, and keep it at this pace. That put him at 1,200 wins. But he, he's been saying that um, he doesn't want to do it that long. I mean, he's been surprised that he's been there for 25 years, but – it's been a heck of a career for him, and especially if they're good as they are this year, there could be another um, one to start the uh, ring collection on the other hand if this keeps up, and we'll see how these wins keep piling up. He's got the boys program, too, that he started, so yep. uh, do those count? 
Uh, actually, <laughs> what he told me, the uh, the boys' wins do not count towards mm-hmm. this one. It's all girls, all regular season and playoffs. Okay. So the boys saying they're keeping separate. I think when he did Sandberg's win total at 500 or whatever that was, it, they combined them because he was in all sorts of different sports. But, no, this one's straight up for girls' volleyball. And I don't think – I'm not sure what the state record is for wins, but i got a feeling he's going to get there before it's over. I'm going to defer it. Uh, to this to you guys. I am at uh, the Mooney game, and they f- they face IMG, the white team, obviously the lesser of the two teams. Uh, Dennis or Scott, is this going to be a good test for the Cougars, you think, or is this a game that you think they should win relatively easy, or what do you think? The IMG white team had a good quarterback last year. Their lines were woefully weak. Um, I don't know if they beefed them up. Um they, they certainly have enough talent over there, but this is the high school team, so I would expect a good game, but I would expect Mooney to come out on top. And just, I think uh, they lost, what, 41-19 over to Melbourne last week, so it depends on what they got. We, they, there's not a lot out there on the white team. I mean, I've been doing these doing our previews. There's not been a lot of information out there. I mean, I did their media day, and that was all about IMG Blue that day. So I think it's going to be a Mooney victory. I think I've got that predicted in our paper this week, so let's go with that. How about, uh, very quickly, guys, uh, any of the other games on the docket that really uh, stand out to you? Uh, you know, we got Braden River at Clearwater. We got Sarasota at Southeast. We got Charlotte at St. Pete Gibbs. Any of those games look like might be bond burners or, or blowouts for the home for the home team? Uh, Clearwater won huge last week against uh, probably a pretty bad Dunedin team. But I would look for Braden River to bounce back after their uh, tough loss um, to uh, in Jacksonville. That uh, Sarasota Southeast game, uh, I don't expect um, a lot of points in that one. But it's whoever wins that, it's going to be their first win at their respective programs for Spencer Hodges at Sarasota or Brett Timmons at Southeast. But and that's the one that stands out to me. Like I said, both teams need to take care of the ball. Both teams struggled offensively last week. So not, I think I predicted 13-10 Southeast mm-hmm. in our our thing this week, so we'll see how that works. You know, and any sailors out there, I think the last thing that Coach Hodges told me before he addressed this team, pretty much indicative of where the sailor team is now, he says, we have to learn how to play football. And I think that was a little eye-opening experience, Spencer. You can see your team play each other in practice, but once you get another opponent, you really get a good judge. And I think he was a little shocked that maybe his team uh, wasn't, uh, not more well-prepared, but uh, didn't show as well as he thought they would. I would think. Uh, before we wrap it up, guys, anything else? We mentioned uh, football and volleyball. Anything else we want to give a shout-out here? Other sports, uh, cross-country. Isabella Coogan, uh, now at Port Charlotte, uh, transfer from Charlotte, won the Lemon Bay. Lemon Bay Invitational. Um, we got two cross-country meets, one Friday – or one Saturday, I'm sorry, Venice. Um, 22 teams, 10 local, one Monday at um, GT Bray. Uh, nine teams, all local. And the uh, Cougar Encounter Volleyball, uh, three sites, St. Martha, Bradenton Christian, and Cardinal Mooney. A lot of good volleyball there. Excellent. That about covers it. I guess this time of year, it's pretty much that and football. And I think we uh, we gave equal time to both today. Yes, we did. What do you think? Second week of the podcast? Smooth, huh? Look at that. We're at 15 minutes. If we get people to stay with us for five minutes, I think we can consider it a... Uh, a victory. I would say I would say so, especially considering some of the talent in this room. So, yes. Right. Let's sign off. Um, so for Matt Fazzoli, for Scott Lockwood, I'm Doug Fernandes. We'll see you next week on the On the Grid podcast.